this is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome to this Gallinac Master Cycling webcast uh, where we share inspiring stories and showcase great places to ride and give coaching tips uh, to our global community of 50 years and older cyclists from all over all over the world. I'm Norman Blissett. I'm host for this webcast and podcast this um, this evening or this morning or this afternoon, wherever, wherever you are in the world. And I'm delighted to welcome Nilia Smith from Pretoria in South Af- Africa. I've got that right this time, Nilia. Yeah. Yep. Well, welcome. And to Chris Foggin, to Foggy from Otago in New Zealand. Welcome, Foggy. Kia ora. Uh, so what have you been up to on the bike this week, Nilia? Well, I, I actually had quite a busy weekend on the bike. I was surprised when I looked back and saw that I almost had a ride every morning except for two mornings. So um, last Tuesday, I went with two friends, uh, about, I think, about uh, 25 k's. I can't remember now. Um, we are, yeah, what's nice about those friends, we, we are at the same level of, of fitness, which is not so good, but <laughs> so we we um, uh, really enjoy riding together. And then on Wednesdays, um, we have a ladies' group um, of the cycling club LCC that I join on a, on a Wednesday morning earlier at six we start. So that is the day that we had that uh, ride that I did the platform jump. <laughs> for the oh, I saw that. Yeah, I was very impressed with that, Nia. Yeah, yeah I, I must say, I'm impressed myself. <laughs> um, we had quite a hard ride that day. It was it was um, a difficult ride to get to the bike park where we did that jump. So uh, quite some elevation and um, and speed. We uh, had a good workout. And once we got there, and, you know, it looks very scary if you look at that jumps. Um, and I have to tell you, it wasn't that bad. There's different levels, and I took the lowest one. <laughs> but it was a bit, it was a start. But I'm not going to go much further. I'm not. I don't think I'm um, that brave. But it was so much fun just to 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 feel that exhilaration of being able to do that. And um, Eventually, I think all of us went down there. I think we were about at least 10 ladies. And most of them are over 50. Yes. Fabulous. So we'll look forward to seeing you on a BMX quite soon then, will we? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But anyway, so that was a really, really fun ride last Wednesday. Thursday was the morning that we went out, me, my husband, and another friend early, early, and were caught up by a thunderstorm, um, which was also quite interesting, as I've uh, mentioned, um, we were soaking wet coming back. Only did about 23 days. Um, Friday, we packed and made ready for the weekend. The weekend, I will mention later, in Rosenthal, where we had a lovely, lovely time. 
And then today and yesterday, we didn't go cycling because of the weather. There's been storm raining since um, yesterday morning. So tomorrow, I hope we, I will be able to go out with the LCC ladies again. Looking forward to that. So a busy week for you, Neil. Well done. I, was, yeah, I, saw the, I saw your post about the jump. I was very, very impressed at that. So, so Foggy, what have you been up to? Um, yeah, I've had a busy week. I've only just got back um, New Zealand time last night. I've been away coaching uh, up in the North Island, uh, delivering a course for 18 new cycle coaches. Um, that's a mix of, uh, we, the way that I run the courses these days is they're a mix of um, all the coats. So we have BMXers, uh, mountain bikers, um, uh, road riders, track riders. We had a couple of triathletes, uh, triathlete coaches on the course as well. Youngest being 16, the oldest probably, um, well, actually probably the oldest with me. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so a range. And we, 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 often, uh, we often get that range on a coaching course. And interestingly as well, the, um, we had more female coaches this time than we had male coaches. And that's uh, in New Zealand, that's something we're trying to overcome, but it's actually, um, I think, the first time that's happened, um, which is actually quite a, quite uh, interesting to see that we're actually seeing more female coaches coming coming along which is great um, so I managed to squeeze a ride in just before my flight I only had a um, had about an hour and a half um, before my flight and my wife and I decided right well I decided that we were going on a, a high intensity session so we did 20k's as fast as we could on a river trail on mountain bikes um, so just pushing hard up the hills, really giving it some stick so that by the time we got to the end, our legs were wobbling, we, we were feeling a bit, um, yeah, certainly the training effect was there. But that's just an example of what you can do if you've only got a short bit of time and you want to, uh, you know, make it work for you. Um, but yeah, so I've been uh, coaching and coaching um, about cycling. So so that's been great. Yeah, fantastic. That you're getting more more women coaches coming in yeah. as well and there's something I just notice here is that there are more and more women cycling than I've than I've seen before so great to see it in New Zealand as well yeah I'm not I'm not sure we we've the barriers to to coming into the coaching side of things is uh, there's, there's a whole pile of different reasons why people do or don't come in um but we're trying to provide as much as we can in terms of opportunity for everyone and the youngest coach that I've seen on one of our courses is 13 uh, we don't exclude youngsters. At the end of the day, the the thirteen year olds are generally in BMX, and they're generally coaching the the, the little tiny kids in BMX. Mm. When I say coaching, I mean um, you know it's not really coaching at that at that stage. It's it's more like fun and playing on the bike. Um, probably the oldest coaches that I've seen coming through in age are roughly around about mid seventies. So age isn't a barrier for coaching at all. Um, you know, it, it depends on what what you want to do in coaching, whether you just want to do skills or whether you want to, you know, do a bit of performance or performance development or, or you know, just cafe riders, whatever you want to coach. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Well, I, yeah, I've um, last week was my first week of proper winter training. I'd been taking it a bit easy for a few weeks. So last week I got back into it again. So a couple of hardish, not too hard, but a hardish turbo sessions and out of the weekend and yeah pretty wet and mucky the roads there's a lot of living kind of in the countryside here it's a lot of tractor activity so a lot of mud on the roads and uh some of it's dry but other times you go through it and you just become out the bike's just completely caked and well i don't want to think about what it's caked and what i've been eating and drinking and um, that come off the fields and some of these some of these roads but um 
yeah, great to, after a few weeks of not doing as much as I normally do, it's great to get get to get back into it, even if the weather's not that not that brilliant. Um, okay, so let's um let's move on. Uh, what I thought would be really interesting for us to to chat about for a little while is about how we encourage more people aged 50 years plus to get into cycling. And we're obviously we obviously fit into that uh, in, into that category. Um, but there, but there's a lot of barriers there, are you know, real or perceived around you know, people, how, how unfit people might think they are, um, worried about their appearance if they're overweight, and a bit intimidated by other cyclists, especially the more athletic ones, and they compare themselves to them and compare themselves unfavourably. Busy roads, of course, and the weather, you know, in Northern Hemisphere, we're getting into winter, Southern, you're getting into the heat of summer as well. So there's all sorts of barriers there. So what, what can we say to, to anyone that might be listening who would love to get out on the bike, but just feeling like it's a bit too much for them at the moment. What would you say to them, Foggy? Uh, it, it's a it's a worldwide um, phenomenon. I think in terms, it, it's a bit like someone going to a gym, where where if you're not used to a gym environment, there, there is a perception that it's intimidating. It's full of body bodybuilders and gymonies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And oftentimes that's not true. Um, in the in the cycling world, we, we down in New Zealand, we run a program called Ride Leader, and the Ride Leader program is is targeted at social um ride groups um and often these groups have started off with one or two riders that uh, want to get into riding they want to get back to riding the, the the age demographic is definitely 50 plus 60 plus 70 plus um often on e-bikes uh, often only want to ride the pathways and one of the pieces of advice that we 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 sort of lead them through is to is to form a little group of like-minded people and then you've got some motivation to to get out there and and the, the, the key key to this is, is it's, it's not about sport cycling it's not about elite cycling it's about recreational cycling it's about enjoying the outdoors uh feeling the wind on your face and having a, a bit of fun with you with, with your friends and, and and you know get get comfortable in the clothes that work for you so you know if you if you're a bigger person that's not necessarily that you want to be wearing lycra so wear something there's a lot of cycle clothing out there these days that fits all sorts um, you know, just find the thing that works for you, find the clothing that works for you, find the bike that works for you and find the group that works for you. Um, you know, it's a, uh, if you don't have the luxury of finding a group, then, you know, uh, you want to ride solo or you can't find a group then just do, just go solo. Don't, don't care about what other people think. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it's, for me, it would, it's just get out and do it. Uh, and I know that's easy to say, but it, you know, there are a lot of groups around the world now that are set up specifically for people that want to just start off for the first time. And it's fine, that group. Yeah, and I, 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 if it's any reassurance to anyone listening out there, when I, when I see people out in their bikes, regardless of how fit or unfit they are or what they look like, I just think, fabulous, you're out there, you're doing yeah. it. I think most, most of us feel the same way, don't we? And, and I yeah. think the there's that bit of most people inside their heads you think of the negative don't you and actually I think most people would say good on you for getting out there and going and going yeah. and doing I yeah, I mean, just wave at each other say hi you know yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Neil what are your what because what, you, you, you're relatively new into cycling aren't you so what what, what, yeah. what advice would you give from somebody that's kind of come into it relatively recently um, I, I think most of us have experienced that feeling of even now, sometimes uh, getting up in the morning and, or the previous evening and just can think of a lot of excuses why I shouldn't go the following day, you know, whether it's the weather or I'm a bit under the weather or I'm, 
I I struggle with arthritis, so I sometimes have quite a bit of pain, um, and you know that can all be excuses. So instead, for me, instead of getting uh, of or thinking of reasons why I can't, I would think of reasons why I can. I would think, um, for instance, on that feeling that I get, that 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 wonderful positive feeling that I have when I feel the wind in my face, as um, obviously, or how much better I feel physically when I get back. Um, the thing is, for instance, with pain, is if I stay at home or if I go out, it's not going to change, you know, especially with something like arthritis. Um, with, the, with the mountain bike, um, actually, uh, cycling um, is... I feel it's very good for my health because I used to be a bit of a runner and that wasn't good on my joints, whereas cycling is really not heavy on my joints. But um, with us um, riding mountain bikes, I have to say it's a bit hard on my hands because the rough terrain that we ride. Um, but still, um, the, the benefits I get out of riding, it's far more than, than the, the pain the, the amount of pain that I endure. Um, so yeah, that's something that I always remind myself of. Don't don't think about why I can't, but do think about why I do can. You know, and and the thing is, if I um, uh, if I think of of um, I, if if you try if you try you you think if I try I may lose. Like for instance, that platform jump of mine. If I try, I think I, I may lose. But if I don't try, I definitely lose. You know, I don't know if I explain myself well. Makes, makes sense, yeah. <laughs> I you understand what I mean. So, um, yeah, that's the things that motivate me. And then, of course, um, studies show that um, cycling and exercise is actually um, uh, um, good for our health, but also even um, for, for aging. Yeah? It's... Um, it's it's helping us to age slower. I think all of us want that. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is the things that motivate me. <laughs> yes, uh, spot on, Neri. And I think when you when you look at the evidence that's that's out there about the benefits, the health benefits of cycling, it's you know, the aging process slows down cardiovascularly. Yes. You're you're healthier. You reduce your risk of certain types of cancer, diabetes. Um, and and even better is that people regard cyclists as more attractive as well. So there's there are, there are side benefits to um, to it as well. But yeah, that's I mean that's certainly what I would say to to, to people out there that is that uh, the, there's the joy of going out and doing it. And the, I think I was speaking to when I was speaking to Russ Cole from Colorado last week on on this webcast on the podcast that we talked about just that that experience of being out there and. You get lost in the moment, and you just have these moments of deep connection with the world um, that, are, that suddenly come come on you that are that are amazing. Um, and you know, and, and then there's the, the you know the, the the feeling of achievement as well, isn't there? Yeah, um, absolutely, that you get out of it. When we're going to be doing a special in the next few days on men's mental health because one of the things that I've picked up from this group is the number of, particularly men, not just men, but particularly men who've gone through a bad time, maybe in their 30s and 40s, been really 
depressed, overweight, really unhappy with their lives. And then they've discovered cycling and it's been completely transformational for them. Um, so we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna do a, a special podcast on that in a, in, a few, in a few days time where we'll speak to some some of these people but i just wanted to you know bring that in as well as that mm. you know if you're sitting out there not very happy with life and you're thinking about what can i do about it and tell you what there's not much better than getting on your bike as a way of feeling much happier with yourself and, yeah. and the world totally agree yeah. yeah okay fantastic so foggy you've got some coaching tips for us yeah, I thought um, I, with these podcasts, I'm, I'm not going to get too technical with stuff. It, 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 I don't think it's, it's relevant for this forum. But just um, I thought this morning just discuss um, a few issues around the three points of contact, which are the, the, the three points of contact on the bike, which are really important. So obviously um, we're talking about bars, um, the seat and the pedals. So in respect to the bars, whatever bike you're riding, you need to be comfortable. And... Um, if you're riding a mountain bike with 800 wide bars, fine. If you're riding a gravel bike with narrow drop bars, fine. If you're riding a, an e-bike with you know 700 wide or you're riding a road bike with drop bars, it really doesn't matter, but it needs to work for you and it needs to be comfortable for your body size. So how you set them up. And I think well, I'm not going to get into the technicalities of bike fit, but really um, uh, look at those key issues around the handlebars is the, the comfort, the reach, um, can you comfortably reach your brake levers and your gear change shifters? So uh, brake levers particularly, um, that's a safety issue, obviously, but is it comfortable for you to, um, to, to brake effectively or are you stretching, those sort of things? Um, have you got your, your fingers, your wrists and your forearm aligned if you're using flat bars particularly so that they're comfortable? And if you do have issues in your wrists, then if, if you've got, the levers slightly set wrong, that's going to exacerbate the problem. So comfort's big, is a big issue there. What type of grips you use? Um, just for example, I use fairly thick grips on a mountain bike and I actually use reasonably thick bar tape on my gravel bike just for comfort. Um, you know, I'm not bothered about the weight side of things. I'm more bothered about the comfort in respect to that. Um, the seat is, is, is interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's funny because when I first moved to New Zealand, I, I had the old English um, thing in my head that you call them saddles. And I lived rurally in New Zealand and the kids that I was teaching to ride out there thought that saddles would go on horses, not on bikes. Well, that's another issue. <laughs> so the seat, um, I, I often see riders with the seat completely wrong in terms of its setup. It needs to be flat. Um, so it shouldn't be sticking up at the front. It shouldn't be sticking down or tilted down at the front. It needs to be flat. If it's uncomfortable when it's flat, then it's the wrong seat for you. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a, a personal preference as to what type of seat you use. Um, the, the covers that you get, the gel covers can actually uh, exacerbate the problem um, in terms of, uh, you know, if you're particularly if you're doing a fair bit of mileage. Um, so it's fishing around to try and find the right seat for you. We do have a coach in New Zealand who set up um, a seat library so that they, they will lend, uh, you know, they'll, 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 it's like just like borrowing a book from the library, they borrow a seat so people can actually check out different seats for themselves. But again, the, there are millions of variations on that, but you need to be comfortable. It needs to be flat. You need to be comfortable. Just a piece on that as well. We see mistakes really um, often with the clothing that's worn. So your point of contact is your seat, but then people are wear 
Um, and you see it quite a lot. People wear chamois, but they wear underwear underneath the chamois. And all that's going to do is cause you a nightmare. So chamois is designed, as you understand, to go uh, against the skin. Um, and just as an, a side note to that, um, one of the, the hardest injuries to recover from uh, are saddle sores. And I'd classify saddle sore as an injury. And if you see it with professional cyclists, they're, they're one of the hardest things for them to overcome. So you need to, the seat needs to be right in that point, in terms of that point of contact and the clothing around that. And finally is the pedals. Again, preference is yours. Um, millions of different variations, whether you're clipped, flat, hybrid pedals, whatever they might be. Um, your foot position is really important in terms of the point of contact. Uh, for, the, for the most part, the ball of your foot should be somewhere near the pedal rather than the instep of the foot or the heel or the toes. So you really want to try and get a strong position with the ball of your foot. If you're clipped in, that generally happens. Um, if you're on flat pedals, often that doesn't happen. If you're on flat pedals, get a pair of shoes that are stiff. Uh, how many times we see riders uh, doing quite a bit of mileage with just normal soft running shoes or training shoes on, all that's going to do is cause um, a fair bit of damage to the underneath of your foot as it, as it wraps around the pedal over, over a period of time. Um, so, yeah, again, it's personal preference as to how you ride or what you use, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a really important part in terms of the point of contact and how you, how you operate the bike is to get that right. Just a little bit as well in terms of the pedals, obviously attached to the pedals are cranks and making sure that you've got the right crank length for you on whatever style of bike it is. Um, I often see riders that are the crank length too long or too short, so that, that doesn't help. And the last point I think is um, when you've set yourself up and you've started to look at these basic issues around points of contact, when you start riding, are you overreaching? Do you feel uncomfortable? And are you rolling either side of the seat as you pedal? So if those... If those uh, um, sort of big problems you can see them because you can see and feel them quite quickly and um, then they need something needs adjusting and it, it can often just be a minor adjustment um, on one of those points of contact which will actually help um, help you be a little bit more effective yeah thanks thanks foggy some yeah good stuff there um oh saddle source that uh, yeah it's been a while Not but oh, <laughs> unpleasant um but they do happen from time to time, however, however much you try and prevent them. Do. Yeah, and a, lo a lower level, just chafing. I mean, chafing is a saddle sore to a degree. Saddle, a proper saddle sore is, 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 is pretty severe damage. Mm. But chafing can be seen as a saddle sore. At the end of the day, you get that from being wet. You get that from, you know, the chamois not being clean. You get that from clothing underneath chamois. You get it from ill-fitting chamois. You get it from clothing that's ill-fitting. Or if you're not using a chamois and you're just using normal, you know, normal clothing, then the, the slight issue of it, of it rocking up a little bit and causing a bit of chafing, and that just gets exacerbated. So, you know, looking after yourself in those areas, it's, it's a really key part in terms of point of contact is, is cleanliness, you know, hygiene, the right fit in terms of the clothing you've got uh, and the right saddle for you. Well, what about saddle height? Because this is one thing that I see yeah. quite a lot when I'm when I'm out and I see, I would say, especially older guys out on their bikes yeah. um, tend to have their saddles, what I would say, are far too low and it ends up with their knees sticking out and they're you know, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, just cycling in that slightly or one knee sticking out anyway. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that, Foggy? Uh, a really simple tip to 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 start you off is to stand the bike next to you, and and 
then feel where the ball and socket joint is on your hip. So not, not the, the iliac crest at the front, not, not the rear of the hip, it's the actual ball and socket. So when you lift your leg up and down and you can feel the ball and socket joint moving, if, you, if your start point is to put the seat at that height of the ball and socket joint in your hip, then, then, then that's a good thing in terms of the, just, just um, working from that point. So obviously everybody has different uh, makeup, you know, body makeups. Everybody has different length of leg. And, and of course, a general answer will be it depends. Mm. But from that point, if you then alter, um, alter your seat height, um, even just a centimeter up or a centimeter down, you'll, you'll eventually start to find the optimum point. On the bottom stroke when you're pedaling, then really you still need a slight bend in your knee. And that's with the foot being flat on the pedal. And then right down at the bottom of the stroke, you need a slight bend. Um, and you don't want it to hyperextend the knee at all. So if you are hyperextending the knee and you're rolling off the back of the seat, then you're too high. If your knees are coming up too high, then obviously you're too low on the seat. So but it, it, you need to do a proper bike fit eventually if you're doing a lot of uh, cycling. But just for general recreational stuff, if you start that point off with the find the ball and socket joint, feel where it is with your fingers and put the seat right next to that. And then that's a great start point in terms of uh, working out from there as to what's the best thing for you. Yeah, I think it's just, it's amazing the difference, even small changes to the height or to the Absolutely. reach can yeah. make a huge difference. So I think it's yeah. just about trial and error. Don't get, don't get stuck in one position, especially if you're yeah. starting to get aches and strains and, yeah. and any injuries or whatever. That's a, that's a, a, a clue for you to be, just experimenting yeah. a bit, yeah. New, yeah, new yeah sore, sorry. No, go, go on for you. Yeah, sore knees, particularly. Sore, sore yeah. knees is usually the fact that the seat height is wrong. Yeah. 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 I can agree on that. I um, did a seat or a, a setup quite recently now. For all these years, I had problems with my knees. And um, I was really amazed when the guy did the setup for me, a slight change in the handlebars made a difference that my hands was, uh, uh, besides that it was getting very sore, it was um, numb. And that yep. numbness almost disappeared. Just a slight change of the position of the handlebars. It was amazing. Mm. And then when the moment that my saddle is too, too low, the top of my knees would start um, aching and paining. And then um, when it's too high again, I would tend to get, um, spasms and crap. So um, this weekend I did quite some riding with my setup well done and there was a huge difference. I could feel that. Yeah. I just want to mention to you um, just after I started riding um, about a month after I started my friends invited me to go um, on a, a, a mountain bike um, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 mm. <laughs> no, my English is called that. Um, park? No, not a park. It was a um, competition. What do you oh, call it? Yeah. An event. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I knew very little about anything, and they did the 60 case, and they said, Oh, you can do the 20 case. I'm sure you can do it. I said, Yes, I will do it. But I had no idea. So they went early, and um, I was alone there and got my numbers and had to put the numbers in front. And I thought, my bike looks totally different from the others because I can't put my numbers in front. And I tried my brakes and my gears and I thought, yeah, something's really strange. But I started riding this race. <laughs> it's a race. 
started driving and somebody came to me and said, listen, lady, I don't want to make you feel bad, but your whole front wheel is turned the wrong way around. <laughs> so <laughs> that's now a bad setup, I can honestly say. But, um, yeah, having a good setup is definitely you know, something that I also wanted to mention, um, Foggy. And then what I would say is, as well, is if you invest in a good um, chamois, if you invest in a good um, pair of pants rather than in the top. The top, I would say, uh, um, wear, if it's a T-shirt or anything, wear something that's very visible, especially if you're going out on the road. A lot of people would wear black, black tops, black pants. Um, you know, nowadays people would drive, I don't know in your countries, but in South Africa, um, reading their cell phones or texting on their cell phone. And they don't see a cyclist. And if you're in black, uh, even more. So uh, um, be visible wherever you go. And then something that you didn't mention, I don't know if, if it's, something that you guys do, but we use a chamois cream um, to put on to help for chaffing. Um, I I use the baby bump, uh, baby bump cream. It works wonders. And I like the one with the tea tree oil in. That one is really good. So that's my tip for the day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, thanks, Neil. Yeah, I, I don't uh, use these creams. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should. Um, but I know lots of people do and swear by them. So I think it's just that whole thing that we're, we're, we've been talking about is that different things are going to work for different people, aren't they? And you're yeah. just going to try it out. And the moment, I mean, a really good bit of advice that I had uh, was on, on saddles or seats. Funny they call them seat posts here, but they don't call them, sad, they don't call them saddle posts in, it. mm. it's in the UK. But yeah, for saddles or, or, or seats, is if, you find a, if you find a saddle seat that you like, never give it away. When you sell your bike, keep it. <laughs> Uh, you know, keep keep a hold of it until it completely falls yeah. apart. Um, but yeah, good good bit of advice there. Okay, fantastic. So I am um, we're going to move on now to the ride of the week, and I'm 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 going to choose the ride of the week this week. I've been giving it to guests to do, so I'm going to give myself the, the pleasure of that. So I've been looking through a load of posts, lots of fabulous posts uh, from around the world over the, over the last week. Um, one from a fellow Scot, whose, whose name immediately I can't remember, which is terrible, from, from central Scotland, who put in a post about that he'd been out for a ride and uh, was out riding by himself. And it, he had some flashback memories to riding his bike when he was a kid and what it was like around him and um, giving back A's and three kids on the bike and all that sort of stuff that they did. And it just, it was fabulous. There's a load, a load of people jumped on that and it sparked some memories for me of what it was like as a kid around the, do, doing races around the block and us giving back A's and yeah, on a, on a whole load of different bikes. So love that post. Sorry, it's Jim, Jim, I think it was. Can't, can't remember. It's terrible. Um, but a couple of others, a couple of others stood out. One, one was, Jenny de 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 Rie, or de, de Rie or de Rie from she lives in, in Portugal. She's actually Dutch, I think. So she says um, she's been living in Portugal for thirty years. She started running to lose weight. Um, she lost a lot of weight, um, thirty four kilos, she says, which is which is amazing. Um, but with some back and, and knee, knee issues, she's using a mountain bike. Um, and uh, and having a fantastic time on the mountain bike now. So, so posted some pictures there as well. 
Um, and just they seem to end every ride, ride with wine and cake. Can you believe that? That sounds <laughs> quite, quite impressive. So well, well done, Jenny. Um, and I've also uh, been very impressed by Frances Manning from the east coast of Ireland. And she's posting staff are commenting most days, particularly about cycling in lockdown in Ireland and the challenges of trying to do that and um, get on with the usual challenges of life as well around the family the family home. So some really good stuff, some inspirational stuff from, from Frances about how she's managing to do that in, in lockdown. So I'm going to choose Frances Manning as, as our Rider of the Week. So Frances, I'll be in touch and we can get the golden bead on off to you as soon as we can. So congratulations, um, well done. So Neil, you're back to you. You are going to tell us about a great place to ride your bike in South Africa. Yes, um, we really were privileged this weekend to go to a place um, in what we call the province is the Free State. Now they say um, this little town, Roosendal, is Free State's best kept secret. It is really a tiny, tiny town, um, sit on the edge of the Bitter Berge. Now, Berge is mountains, the Bitter Mountains, the White Mountains, if you translate it, which forms part of the foothills of the Maluti Mountains, which is uh, quite a big range. I think part of the Drakensberg Mountains, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, it is a photographer's paradise and um, really a place where artists and writers uh, um, find the inspiration. A beautiful little town. I heard that they said there's about 100 permanent people staying in that little town, so you can imagine. But it is really a, a place of art, of good food, of um, a lovely, lovely environment. The photographs doesn't do it good. As you self know, you know, you can never put on a photograph what you really experience there. So this weekend was arranged by a lady called Debbie Achenbach. Um, uh, she has a small company called Wild Trails. She lives in, in, in Rosendahl now recently. She, she moved there actually just before lockdown. She was here in Victoria. And then she arranged this um, kind of cycling weekends um, that you go on a Friday and it's all inclusive. Everything, you, you just arrive there, you get your accommodation, you get all your food. There's, um, even water points and nice stuff on the road when you cycle. And uh, in the evenings, there's lovely dinners and uh, that uh, beautiful sunset um, uh, cocktail evening that we had in the cave. I put a picture of that on the Facebook as well. Uh, you cannot even imagine how beautiful that was. But about the riding <clears throat> or the cycling, um, we uh, we started early on Saturday morning and we had two choices. The one was 100 kilometers and the other one was 60 kilometers. But uh, we were six friends, uh, three couples that went there. Um, there was about, I think, 20 people in total in the group that was there for the weekend. And so we, all, we almost took the whole town over. <laughs> Having the 100 people and we were 20. But anyway, so um, we decided to do the 60 kilometers because we wanted to, to really just enjoy the environment. We didn't want to come home late afternoon, tired and whatever. We wanted to enjoy it. And also take photographs, stop and um, have fun. So that's what we did. We did the 60. It was not easy. It was really um, a 
it was hard, it was a difficult um, climbs some places, and it was uh, it was not a beginner's course that I could say, but it wasn't technical. It's gravel road, farm roads, but quite a few mountains to cross or hills or whatever. Um, but it was really, really beautiful and nice. So that was, we were glad we didn't do the 100 days because the people that did that mostly were really tired and that evening couldn't enjoy the sunset that, as much as we did. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, a, a beautiful experience. Um, there's definitely a lot of beautiful places in South Africa where you can ride and cycle, but this is something that you can put on the bucket list, I would say. Um, what uh, one mention that I, one place that I do want to mention as well is that we have the privilege in South Africa to often ride in a game reserve like we did in Isambelu uh, two months ago, and that is also something special that you can cycle and stop close to the zebras or close to the giraffes and come really close to nature in that way that you cannot do because if you walk. It's too far to walk to really experience it. If you drive in your car, um, it's not the same. You, you have to, you know, you know. But if you cycle, it's such a wonderful experience. I mean, even now in, in this Rosendahl thing, we would get um, fairly close to um, some of the, the wild animals, but it was mostly now cattle and sheep. And then um, we also look out for the birds, of course. We love watching birds. So, yes, I don't know if you have questions about it. If I didn't uh, say enough about something, I, I think there's some time that we have to, I don't know if we still have some time. But, um, yeah, all in all, it was a lovely experience. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds amazing. And you posted up the, some photographs of it in your new year, and they looked, um, they, it was, I was looking at earlier on, they looked fantastic. So that's that, yeah, you certainly got me hooked. I, I'm, I'm, as soon as this lockdown stuff's over, I'm flying around the world, going to all these places, Colorado from last week, and now, now South Africa and Switzerland. Um, but yeah, that, that is definitely on the bucket list. So we'll get all these details and we'll put them, we'll put them on our website as well. So we'll get that from your new year, and we'll, we'll do that over there over the next few days. So thank, thank, thanks very much for that. Post, uh, um, Norman, at the end of our post, I've put, I've put some links to Rosendahl and to the Wild Trail so yeah. that people can go and have a look at, at more information about it. Fabulous. And we'll pick these up and make sure they're on the website as well when we do it on the, the, the website. So thank, thank you for that. Um, it sounds like you had a fabulous weekend. <laughs> Uh, they are, they are um, new year. No saddle no sores, luckily. <laughs> but even better, even better. Um, clearly, you were properly equipped, the right cream on, all, all, um, all good, excellent. Uh, so that, that's us uh, drawing, that's us drawing to a close. So uh, thank you, Foggy, and thank you, Nilia, for joining us once again. Uh, we'll be back next week um, and the podcast version of this will be out in the next few days. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, please make sure that you leave a comment that you like, you favourite us and subscribe as well. So thank you all everyone. Have a great rest of your day, whether it's morning, evening or afternoon. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay, bye.